everyone, and welcome back to Claim Your Potential, the Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie, and for this episode, we are joined by Dr. Lauren D. Pitts to discuss mental health. Dr. Pitts is a licensed marriage and family therapist, sports family therapist, and life coach who provides solution-focused services to individuals, couples, families, and groups. She takes a systemic, strength-based, and holistic approach to promote individual and relationship wellness. Dr. Pitts coordinates mental and behavioral health services, improves performance, and provides consultation using a biopsychosocial approach. She is passionate about helping clients overcome challenges and promoting excellence in all aspects of life. Dr. Pitts is particularly dedicated to ethnic minorities and understands the importance of tailoring services to individual experiences. A native of Salem, New Jersey, Dr. Pitts is a firsthand witness of the multi-generational systemic loss and devastation caused to families because of domestic violence, mental illness, substance abuse, gun violence, poverty, and the overall breakdown of the nuclear family. Dr. Pitts turns the adversities of her life into the stepping stones for others. Please welcome Dr. Lauren D. Pitts. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Pitts. Sophie, thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. I'm excited. Thank you for coming on. And I'm super excited to talk about mental health with you. Um, And I would love to start our conversation by asking you, how do you define mental health? I define mental health as one's awareness of their overall psychological well-being, their emotional well-being, and understanding that just like we need to focus on our physical health, we need to focus on the mental health as well. In fact, I would argue that your mental health is more important than your physical health because if your mental health is not where it needs to be, it can erode your physical health and, and quite frankly, vice versa. So it's it's this heightened awareness of having a healthy thought life, if you will, that if you don't, it can adversely impact every area of your life. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that definition. And I really want to make sure that we're being intentional about our conversation today. And so I would love to get your thoughts on why do so many shy away from the topic of mental health? You know, there's such stigma around it. And and what's so unfortunate, Sophie, is that people see discussions around mental health and mental wellness, as well as mental illness, as a weakness. You know, we live in a society, particularly nowadays, where everything is on social media and people are presenting their best life ever, you know, to acknowledge that someone is having difficulty regulating their emotions and being of what we like to call sound mind, it it's frowned upon, right? It, it's It's this fear, if you will, that you're going to be judged or criticized for being less than perfect. But, you know, what what we say in in this work is that perfection is, is problematic. There have actually been studies that show that setting expectations too high, i.e. striving for perfection, has been linked to various forms of mental illness, and it's debilitating, and it doesn't have to be that way. So the, the biggest thing is people are, are afraid of being seen as flawed, but aren't we all? Nobody's perfect, but people like to present this public persona that they're perfect, and unfortunately, it, it compromises their overall well-being, particularly their mental health. 
And I like that you mentioned stigma and so much of it is attached mm -hmm. to to the stigma that we have towards talking about mental health. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious as to how can we combat stigma and encourage open conversations about mental health in our communities? Being willing to be less judgmental and critical, being willing to acknowledge that we are all fallible beings, being willing to be vulnerable and transparent, being willing to be one's authentic self. If, if people are striving to present themselves publicly to someone as someone, excuse me, that they're not, then what ends up happening is you, you're living a lie. You are not being your authentic self. Sophie, our authentic selves are flawed. Our mm. authentic selves mm -hmm. are imperfect. And how better to create a safe space for these conversations to be had than to say, you know what? Hey, I'm Dr. Pitts. Yes, I am a therapist, but I'm a human flawed therapist. I have real life challenges and real life issues, just like my clients do. The, what separates me from my clients is how I make my decisions. I have the formal education and training, but more importantly, Sophie, the, doing the self-work that is necessary to help me to work on my, my fallacies and my imperfections. And I think that when the general public can see more people being willing to be vulnerable and transparent and raise their hand and say, ooh, ooh, me, I'm imperfect, I'm fallible, and that's okay. I think that it would be so much easier for for other people to be vulnerable and transparent with their challenges as well. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for saying, you know, your own experiences mm -hmm. uh, with and with being valuable and, and, you know, being open. And I think that mm -hmm. that's something that at least I often associate with, you know, people in the mental health field, mm -hmm. specifically, and especially therapists is, well, they must have, you know, everything together if they're able to, to, you know, if they're able to sit and no, listen indeed. to, but I know that's so wrong. And I love the way that you described it, where it's, it's not that you don't go through what some of your clients go through. It's not that you don't have imperfections. It's not that you don't have your own things that you're dealing with. Right. It's just that you have that formal education of being able to to do that work outside of, mm -hmm. of professional life and to do that self-care, that self-work on how am I feeling? What do I need to do to make myself feel my best self? What type of people am I surrounding myself with? Mm -hmm. Am I feeling authentic? And so I love that you shared that because I think that's a very common misconception, one that I mm -hmm. definitely have. And I think mm -hmm. one that others have mm -hmm. is that those who are working to help other people's mental health don't go through you know, similar struggles with it. We, we, we absolutely do. And, you know, I think that the, the slippery slope in this work, Sophie, is that one of the things that we're taught as clinicians is to be mindful of disclosures, right? Because you don't want to get into this counter transference where something goes on, your client triggers you, and then your issues become their issues. And it becomes this this vicious cycle of, of woundedness, right? Or, or, and, or you don't suffer vicarious trauma where whatever traumatic experiences your clients are having, you end up being tra traumatized as a result of what they've been through. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I love about the formal education and training that I received is that we went through a program called person of the therapist training. And what that training does is it teaches clinicians 
how to leverage their personal journey in a way that helps them to be more effective in their ability to join with their clients and really be more effective in meeting their clients in a place of common humanity with an open mind and an open heart. And being able to do that creates this beautifully humane space for me to say, the more I do this work, the more I see myself walk through the door. In other words, I'm just like you in a lot of ways. The only difference is I've been trained in how to deal with some of those challenges, perhaps differently than than you've experienced in learning how to deal with them. And that creates opportunity for me to be more effective in my efforts to try to help you. Oh, absolutely. I I think that's such a fantastic way of of what your education has been in. And I think that that's something that I always have in the back of my mind when I think about my own experiences with therapy is I always was curious is, you know, how is how is my therapist feeling? Are mm-hmm. things that I'm saying too much for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, thank you for saying that because I yeah. think someone who's been through the through the therapy process, and I'm sure there's others that are listening to this, have probably had that same thought on the back of their mind yeah. of what if what I'm saying is too much for for this person to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that puts a lot of minds at ease there. And mm-hmm. you mentioned treating you know your clients as as a, or approaching it with that that human nature, that human yeah. approach of you're a human being, I'm a human being. Let's connect on that level. Absolutely. And so I'm, and so I'm curious as to you know, what is a key element of creating that emotional wellness, not only uh, with yourself, but with your clients? It, It really starts with being able to put your finger on the pulse is the way that I like to say it, putting your finger on the pulse of your authentic emotions. So oftentimes we hear people default to, well, I was angry. I was just so angry with you. And I just, oh, I just don't know what to do. Right. And I say, well, well, what else? Because anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is the smoke and mirrors, if you will, or the camouflage that hides the authentic emotions that you're experiencing. One of the techniques that we actually use in couple marriage and family therapy is that if we're in session, for example, and my client says something that triggers me, I address that, right? I literally will say, you know, let's pause for a moment because what you said or what you just explained was triggering for me. And here is why, right? It's that humane piece. It's like, oh, wait a minute. My therapist gets triggered. Yeah. Because your therapist is human and not dwelling there, but just in that very brief moment, just that short little snippet acknowledging, hey, I'm a human being and that impacted me. And you don't go into all the gory details, Sophie, as to why it impacted you, but you just Mm -hmm. pause for a moment the same way. If I have a client who is really argumentative and combative and I'm doing a family session and the members in the family are saying, Dr. Pitts, they're really argumentative and combative all the time. And they're being argumentative and combative with me as the therapist. I'll pause the session and say, hey, you know, I'm noticing there's a bit of, you know, a little a bit of argumentativeness here, a little bit of combativeness here. Does anybody else feel that besides me? Very human, you know, acknowledgement, but saying, hey. I'm feeling that I'm I'm feeling that projection and that transference of hostility (laughs) and it's, and I'm feeling it in my body. Right. And just pausing to acknowledge that is really instrumental in helping you to connect with your clients, but also in helping them to see themselves in a much more transparent way. 
And you mentioned, you know, having combative people in sessions. Mm -hmm. And that brings me into my next question is how do you approach working with someone who is hesitant to seek mental health support? So one of the, I say some very key things during my consultations, right? So before I agree to work with a client, I have to meet with them to do a 15-minute consultation where I just ask them some very basic questions. I give them an overview of how I approach the therapeutic process and relationship, and I give them a chance to ask me questions. And during that, one of the things that I tell them is, hey, there's no judgment or criticism here. This is a very safe space. My job is to make this space as safe for you as I possibly can so that you have a level of comfort in being you know, open and honest and vulnerable and transparent because I really need you to have that level of comfort in order for me to be more effective in my efforts to try to help you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to criticize you. I am here to support you as much as you are willing to allow me to do so. And I'm here to hold you accountable for as much as you're willing to allow me to do that. But in that, I'm going to take you from what I call the dance floor of life to the balcony of life, because it's at that elevated perspective that you're able to see yourself much more clearly because your relationship with yourself is paramount to you having a healthy relationship with other people. And it influences how you think, feel, function, and navigate life. So if we can reach that balcony level together, I feel pretty confident that I'm going to be able to help you to get from point A to point Z. How does that sound? And I put it back on them and give them an opportunity to communicate with me any apprehension or ambivalence that they might have. And if it's still there, then we talk it through and out. And I go to great lengths to try and create as comfortable and as safe a space for them as I possibly can. And I tell them it's okay to laugh. I totally mm-hmm. tell them it's like, it's okay to laugh. It, we're, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a clinician, so I have to be serious, but we're going to laugh. We're going to unwind and we're going to relax our shoulders a little bit. And we're going to breathe because your ability to relax is going to be instrumental in improving my ability to be able to help you. And I've, I've had success with that approach and being able to help my, my clients to just sort of settle themselves down and to trust the process of therapy and how beneficial it can be for them in the long run. Oh, I think that's such a fantastic approach that you take. I think it's so, at least, you know, if you've never been through the process before, I think it's easy mm-hmm. to see therapy as a very clinical a very clinical approach where it feels cold and it's like, well, why would I want to talk about what I'm feeling with someone else? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like talking to my doctor. It's just a very uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And I think that that's not true at all. And I love that you explained it in that way of really, it's about a healing process. It's mm-hmm. about getting to know the other person and creating that relaxed environment where you really can share. And yeah, absolutely laughing. I used mm-hmm. to laugh with mine all the time. It felt great. Even when we were talking about some heavy stuff, I just, or somehow we found humor in some of it. And I think that's such a fantastic approach that you take. And thank you for sharing that with our listeners, especially those who might be a little bit apprehensive about what that process looks like, that it's really not as scary as it seems. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and just trusting the process. It's the, 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 to speak to that, it just for an additional moment, if I may, Mm -hmm. you know, I tell folks that. Trusting the process doesn't mean 
that there aren't going to be periods of discomfort, right? But Mm -hmm. similarly to physical therapy, if you're not willing to allow me to help you to navigate the discomfort and we push through it together, then it's going to be really difficult to help you to move beyond your place of pain. We have to be willing to sort of sit in the discomfort and feel it in order to be able to have the necessary tools put in our toolbox to move through it in the healthiest possible way. And and people as a rule are, are open and receptive to that. People that aren't ready for it, you know, it, they're, they're always those that you're going to encounter. And some people mm. are, they're, they're more comfortable sitting in the discomfort of their comfort zone. Mm. Yeah. I, that, that, that resonated with me. And I love the way that you, that you said that where there are going to be those people that are okay with being in that discomfort, which mm-hmm. I think is, it's, you know, not personally where, where I am, I, I would rather address how I'm feeling and what's going on. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that absolutely in this world, I see those people all the time where whatever it may be, whether it's mental health or it might even be something else in life where they're just, they're okay with the status quo. They're okay mm-hmm. with just, you know, sitting in what is is current, even if it doesn't make them happy, even if it doesn't make them feel feel healed, feel whole. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a very common common occurrence that we just don't want to to make ourselves more uncomfortable because we think right. it's such a bad thing to be uncomfortable. Right. But I think it's it's really one of the most powerful moments is being okay with those uncomfortable moments and mm-hmm. knowing that there's going to be those rainy days where it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel good to talk about what's going on, to talk about what's happening, to sit in those emotions. Right. But then as a result of that, there's going to be those great days where you feel like, oh my gosh, it's like a weight has lifted yeah. off of my chest. I feel so much more like myself again. Right. It's transformational. Mm, it's absolutely. transformational to sit in the discomfort and to really get a better understanding of why you're so uncomfortable in that moment and then being able to push through it with the appropriate tools in your toolbox of life. Absolutely. And going into people that are are struggling with mental health who might be listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. what is some advice that you would give to someone who is struggling but doesn't know where to turn for help? You know, there are endless resources on the internet today. I would direct folks to go to Psychology Today. That is a a really, really, really big network that will connect you to clinicians in various disciplines, whether it's a couple marriage and family therapist or a licensed professional counselor or an addiction counselor or or whatever you identify your need as being. Um, They're a great platform. They do an outstanding job of vetting their clinicians to Mm -hmm. make sure that that network, you know, is you know, obviously they can't guarantee everything, but but they do an outstanding job of vetting their clinicians to make sure that they have some of the best and brightest clinicians doing this work on their platform. So that would be the, the number one. And then if if you specifically want a couple of marriage and family therapists, you you have the option of going to aamft.org, which is the the directory specifically for a couple marriage and family therapists. And there are a number of others, but I would say those two are, are the primary ones that, that I tend to direct people to. Thank you for sharing that. And just because this is your area of expertise, I would love to know for those that might be considering starting therapy, what are some benefits of individual, couple, or family therapy? You know, you don't have to go through whatever it is you're going through alone, Sophie. You know, I, I tell mm-hmm. my clients and I say it in jest, but I'm serious, is that, you know, 
if you had all the answers, you you wouldn't be here. But but here's the, the caveat that I want to add to that is when I'm doing my consultations, I tell people you're the expert of your life. You know yourself far better than I ever will. But what I've learned in doing this work all these years is that people either don't know that or they've lost sight of it because of all of the curveballs that life is throwing at them. So coming into therapy can be instrumental in helping you to realize that you are the expert of your own life. It can be instrumental in helping you to understand that the things that happen to you you know, they may have been tragic. They may have caused you exorbitant amount of pain, but they don't define you. Coming into therapy can be instrumental in helping you to have that neutral support. A lot of times family and friends, you know, can be really judgmental, can be really critical, Mm -hmm. can be really, you know, condemning and, and at times make matters worse. So having that neutral support, having that safe space to be authentically who you are without judgment, without criticism, having that objectivity of a clinician that doesn't know you from a can of paint, and then really positioning yourself to have your perspective about yourself, about others, and about life holistically elevated to a level that allows you to see everything through a much clearer lens, I believe are some of the primary benefits of therapy, whether you're an individual couple, a family, roommates, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, those things are definitely key benefits to, to anyone seeking therapy. Thank you so much for sharing that. And someone that's been been through the process, I could not recommend it more to anybody, mm-hmm. uh, especially with those with that objective approach, because it can be very scary, as you said, to to mm-hmm. talk to family or friends, because, yeah. I mean, they might even be why you you might need to go right. see someone, uh, <laughs> to be very honest. Mm-hmm. You read <laughs> my also, bio, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then just also that objective approach, I think, is is so key when, you know, there isn't someone that's listening that has an emotional attachment to to you and to what you're saying, and that mm-hmm. might take what you're saying the wrong way, or or might be a little bit like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Why you feel like that? You have a good life. I'm so mm-hmm. confused. You're always so happy with me, right. and that's something that I've heard before, and, and something that I think you know would happen to a lot of people if they mm-hmm. tried to go directly to to friends and family. Not to say that you shouldn't, but mm-hmm. I I truly do believe in the in the power of therapy, and so yeah. I just want to say thank you for for sharing that. And also thank you for the work you do in the field. Um, And to, to tie everything together, I would love to know what is something that our listeners should take away from this conversation? You know, I want to, I want to connect for your listeners, Sophie, this beautiful relationship between mental health and empowerment. And this Mm -hmm. is what I want them to know. Taking charge of your mental health, getting the help that you need, doing the self work, to be the best version of yourself that you can be in and of itself is empowering. It's taking the power back that the situations, circumstances, experiences of life have robbed you of Mm. being the best version of yourself that you can be. Therapy takes it back. Mental wellness takes it back and it positions you to not be a victim of circumstance, but to recognize that these things happened, but they don't have to define you. They don't have to inform your present and your future and your authentic self unless you decide that they should. 
Absolutely. I, that is such a fantastic piece of advice to give all of our listeners. And I was sitting in that moment listening to what you were saying and just it it, it resonated and, and I felt that. And so thank you so much for saying that. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for, for this conversation. And um, as I said earlier, for the work you do and for taking the time to, to speak with our listeners today about mental health. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I totally appreciate it. Thank you. The work that you're doing is equally powerful. Thank you so much. And thank you again for coming on to the podcast, Dr. Pitts. Thank you. Have a good day. That concludes this podcast episode. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our show, you can also visit our website, claimyourpotential.com to access our blog, listen to previous and future episodes, leave a review, and subscribe to our newsletter. For more content, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Claim Potential for inspiration, episode and blog post announcements, along with other content for you to reach your full potential. A free way to support our show is by leaving it a rating and review on the podcast streaming platform of your choice. If you're not sure how to do this, you can head over to the leave a review page on our website for instructions. Thank you everyone and tune in next time where we'll continue to learn how you can claim your potential.